Hey everybody, it is Drags Mike Petralia back with another episode of the Jungle Roar podcast. This is the look ahead episode to the beginning of OTAs. That would be organized team activities and back with me trying to find his way through the cloud and uh, craziness of off-season activities and trying to understand the difference between the three phases, which we will get into, is my good friend James Rapine. Uh, James Rapine does a fabulous job covering the Bengals. His uh, has the only daily podcast covering the Bengals, Locked On, po- Locked On Bengals. He also covers the Bengals for allbengals.com. Follow him on Twitter at James Rapine, all one word. How are you, bud? I'm well, Mike. I appreciate you having me. How are you? I'm very good. I am very impressed with your backdrop as always. And before we started recording, I actually saw you wear the Spider-Man mask that is behind you. And and in honor of the 2020, yeah, go ahead. You can bring it out. 20 In honor of the 2022 NBA finals, which are off to a rousing Boston start, <laughs> you have an addition to your backdrop, and that would be Golden, uh, the book on Steph Curry, correct? Yeah, yeah, that Marcus Thompson wrote. And uh, look, I'm a big Steph Curry fan. I'm actually wearing a Steph Curry shirt right here. Oh, that's Under cool. Armour. Yep. Um, I hope, and I know you work there, and I'm sure there's there's plenty of, uh, you know, Boston and New England fans that still follow your work. I hope the Warriors, and they're down 1-0 as we record this, kick the hell out of the Celtics. And I hate that they just crumbled and fumbled and bumbled their way to a game one loss. And it... It sickens me. It bothers me. And the NBA is one of those things that I can, you know, be a, a fan of and, and really take in this time of year because it's our slower time. Yeah. And so the fact that I stayed up late on Thursday night in the Celtics, Al Horford, who's older than you, beat my Warriors really, really bothers me. And I'm not really a Warriors fan necessarily, but I am a huge, huge Steph Curry fan. And so, yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty bummed right now, but hopefully the Warriors can rebound. Marcus Smart is the glue that holds the Celtics together. That's what I will tell you. And when he's on, Celtics are a tough team to beat. So on to the football aspect of this podcast as you try to get over your game one NBA finals. It's tough. I'll try. I want to look at uh, the Bengals and where they are between phases of their off-season workout regimen. And we have great, uh, intelligent, fans that follow us on the jungle war podcast certainly great bengal fans and very informed bengal fans that follow you on locked on Um, but not all of these fans even as passionate as they are may not understand the differences between phase one phase two and phase three of the offseason the nfl offseason workout program phase one consists of the first two weeks of the program with activities limited just to meetings strength and conditioning and rehab Phase two consists of the next three weeks of the program on field workouts, which we, you and me have both seen for uh, the last month or so, essentially since May 2nd, the whole month of May on field workouts can include individual or group instruction drills, as well as uh, drills and plays with offensive players going up against offensive players, defensive players going up against defensive players, but not offense against defense, which leads me into phase three. OTAs, which for your Cincinnati Bengals starts on Monday um, with uh, two days, uh, June 
uh, let me make sure I have this right. Yes, June 6th and 7th. They don't practice on Wednesday, and then they have June 9th as a scheduled OTA. So in phase three, uh, teams may conduct a total of 10 days of organized team practice activities. No live contact, of course, is permitted. So the Bengals will not be in um, pads, uh, not until the end of training, not until the beginning of training camp, probably one week in. But the teams can do seven on seven, nine on seven, and 11 on 11 drills. So this is a big time for you uh, and me to watch the Bengals as they get ready for phase three. It is. And it's really a big indicator, going to be a big indicator of where these rookies are at. Right. The Bengals drafted three defensive backs. He starts with Dax Hill and Jesse Bates isn't going to show up breaking news. Yeah. He's not going to be there for OTAs. And so if he's not there, well, guess who's rolling with the ones, baby. Dax Hill, my guy, Dax Hill, your guy, Dax Hill, yes. uh, someone that we were pretty big on pre-draft and the Bengals were able to land him. And I, I think he was a steal. Well, this is a chance for him to get valuable reps against uh, the Bengals ones. And so that's the part of it that I think, we've missed so far throughout these offseason workouts all these defensive backs all these new guys are running on air you can't really tell anything at least with receivers and quarterbacks and in in the offense you can look and skill players wise you can say all right well they caught the ball they ran a good route he looks fast he looks this he he looks the part with defensive backs yeah they're jumping high and they're doing different things backpedal drills and stuff but it's going to be much better to see them go up you know cam taylor brick go up against jamar chase and go up against uh it won't be t higgins but tyler boyd and, and dax hill getting reps in the slot maybe against tyler boyd so uh that part of it i think is going to be really really exciting to see some of these young players go up against other young players on the bengals offense but guys that are established as stars in the league Zach Taylor made this point to us, James, uh, this week about what you really are looking for is to make sure guys are not out of place when they're out on the field. Can they do reps time and time again without looking like they're completely lost out there? That's what you're looking for when they're running these drills um, against air, as you say, and as uh, they say. Um and you want to make sure if you are a rookie that you have your head in your playbook almost 24 hours a day. That's essentially what this part of their first season in an NFL system is really about, correct? Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like physically, Dax Hill is more talented than the majority of players in the NFL. I mean, you just look at his, his athletic score, you look at all of those things. but the thing that he needs to catch up on is, is playbook get acclimated to the speed, all of those things that come with it. And I think playbook is, is up there because you're going to see different looks. You're going to see different things. And it's almost like he's a freshman again, and these guys are going through it. And, and so how quick can he get acclimated uh, in the rest of these rookies get acclimated? Because let's be honest here, the Bengals are banking on most of them to contribute in some way. Maybe they're not going to be full-time starters. And I don't think Dax Hill will necessarily be that because I expect Bates back. Uh, for the regular season and probably for camp. That being said, you know, he, he's going to be a, a valuable contributor. Cam Taylor Britt is, Zachary Carter is, Cordell Volson on the offensive line. That They all are. So they need to get the, the fundamentals and the basic stuff, which includes the playbook because it is challenging, but it is in the basic category when you're talking about having NFL success. Once you get that down, you can start moving the way you move and start leaning on that speed if you're Dax Hill and, and Tyson Anderson and these rookies.
Okay, specific takeaways that we have observed from the first four weeks, five weeks uh, of yeah. spring practice and uh, not OTAs. OTAs start this week and uh, Bengals will have again a- after this week, they'll have, um, let me bring out my schedule because we don't want to be wrong, James. Uh, they have uh, OTAs on the uh, 13th, 14th and 15th as well. And then uh, it wraps up. So anyway, this week, as we go into OTAs, players that have raised some eyebrows, I'm going to start with Jackson Carmen. I think he's certainly in better shape. I think a lot is on his plate going into this season. Um, you know, I had Skinny on, Richard Skinner of uh, Local 12, and he said, look, you know, we don't know anything yet, but he has changed his body shape. He does look different in these practices. I think not only the way Jackson Carmen has handled himself on the field, but the way he has handled himself with us in the media, he does not look paranoid. He does not look defensive. He looks like he's ready and he has learned something from his rookie year and he's in better shape. That's my biggest takeaway looking at him on the field. Maybe. Right. And right I, I, I understand. I, I, I agree about the shape part. He doesn't look sloppy and he looked sloppy last year at the start of camp. And he would probably say, oh, that's because I'm coming off of back surgery, back surgery, smack surgery. All right. Joe Burrow eats healthy every single day, it seems like, and, and would find a way, uh, even though he was coming back from what? a knee reconstruction surgery. So uh, this could just be a 21 year old that now 22 that needed to find his way and needed to mature. And hopefully he has, right. Hopefully he has, hopefully he's able to deal with the pressures that come with being the 46th pick. And in Cincinnati, it was even heightened because of the offensive line issues. And that's the part of it. It's one thing to be the 46th pick and, you know, you're a backup offensive lineman for a year or two, but no, no, no. They drafted him to start day one. Right. And that did not happen. He only made five starts last year. And there's questions about his maturity, questions about his work ethic, all of these things, the off the field stuff uh, that, that has been reported about him from his days at Clemson, all of these things. But to your point, so far, it seems like he's checked the, the boxes that he could check. He's not being, you know, he, he's not going up against guys in practice. We can't gauge that. No, and we're I not even going to get a, yeah, and we're not even going to get a great gauge of it in camp, you know. But we'll, we will see in the preseason. Uh, I think the, we will the, in camp. I think he's going to be tested. I think what he's going, what he will go up against in camp. I think the Bengals are very sensitive to the matter that this kid needs to show that he's ready to go into games, mm-hmm. and you know that he isn't expected to just turn on the switch in preseason games. I think he's going to have to earn it in, in training camp. Well, yeah, but what I mean by that is it's, you know, even camp practices now, and I know they're much tougher than these offseason workouts that we're looking at. It's not like there's a ton of contact. And so right. I, we will get an idea, um, but he's going to have to show it on the field. And so I, I, I guess he's a good buy low, right? If, you, if you're like gauging him as a stock, but right now he needs to earn everybody's trust again. And I so agree. I'm just kind of like, I'm just kind of like, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. It's, it, it's easy to get in better shape, right? You know, it, it's uh, right now, but is it, is it functional shape? It's easy to say, yeah, I've been working out with Duke Manyweather. Okay. That's great. I, I wouldn't mind going to Texas and working out with Duke Manyweather either. 
does it translate to the field? And I do think he has the physical talent to be a good NFL guard, but will it translate? And I think that's a a huge question and, and really the biggest question on offense for this team. Step to the offensive line. That is my bigger concern right now. And if something happens, like we've seen Alex Kappa go down with a core muscle deal, as Zach Taylor termed it a couple of weeks ago, he he did return this week to the practice, but he didn't take part really in any drills. He didn't take part in the calisthenics and the, and the warm-up at the beginning of the practice. Uh, so he's still pretty much on the sideline, but he was there in attendance with his core muscle issue. Um, when he comes out and you see not only Jackson Carmen in there, but Hakeem Adeniji in there, and then you see Ted Karras is the center and Lael Collins is the right tackle and the left tackle is Jonah Williams. That's where, you know, as I'm watching practices, I get I get a little more skeptical of what this offense can do if that offensive line isn't what they designed it to be in free agency. Yeah, it's uh, honestly, it's one of those things where you look back at the draft and you're like, there wasn't a time where you could get a, an offensive lineman. I mean, it's why I was on the Linderbaum train and the Bengals weren't, and they weren't going to take him if he was available. Uh, I fully believe they would have passed on him, but fixing the offensive line is is finishing it and taking out all of these question marks and now with one minor injury because I think Alex Cap is going to be fine and we'll be back for camp and all of those things but now it's like oh depth tested already because Akeem Adeniji as bullish as the Bengals are and I think they like their depth I don't think they're like you and me where it's like oh the offensive line is a concern outside of really the big four and that's what I would call it because I wouldn't consider Carmen a, a starter. I think it's fair to say that. Um, but I believe in Jonah Williams. I think he's going to have his best season of his NFL career this season uh, after having a fully healthy offseason, playing 16 games last year, plus the playoffs, uh, so 20 overall. I think he's going to take a step forward. I like Lyle Collins and, and how they were able to reunite him with Frank Pollock. Ted Karras is serviceable and an upgrade from what Trey Hopkins was last year. And Kappa is the first guard that they've spent big money on ever, really. I mean, Clint Bowling didn't have a big deal. So I, I like Kappa, and he should be going into his prime too. But outside of the big four, I don't feel great about Isaiah Prince. I saw that in, in Super Bowl 56. I don't feel good about Akeem Adeniji. Uh, yeah, like this, and so do they go out and they do they bring back a Clinton Spain? Do they bring back a Trey Hopkins? Do they go get a, an Eric Flowers maybe? Uh, who's a, a proven guard in this league that's still out there. I don't know because I think they like their depth, even though me, I'm like, really? That's, that's what you're trying out? Like Deontay Smith and that's Jackson why. Carmen and Akeem Adeniji and Isaiah Prince. It's just uh, Trey Hill. I'm curious I mean, to see oh. what, James, that's why I'm curious to see how Cordell Volson plays out. Because I think he could have a much bigger role than your average rookie on that offensive line. You agree? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do, here's why. Because I think physically he has the strength and the size. I think he has the work ethic and there are no questions about his attitude or anything like that. And he's smart and he comes from this pro-style North Dakota State type of system where he's not going to be overwhelmed by the transition to guard and he's going to know his assignments. That being said, so if he does all of those things, he might be a safer play then 
a Jackson Carmen who might have more highs and have a higher ceiling, but have much lower lows. And, and so I, yeah, it would not shock me at all if Cordell Volson plays a role and ultimately it starts for this team, especially, um, I mean, what do you do? Do you really roll out a key energy? Maybe you do, but maybe See, I'm Volson not Frank or- Pollock and I'm not going to say I know all of the ins and outs of the technique and uh, well, yeah, the tech, the schemes that Frank Pollock wants to run and who know who has mastered these schemes, both in the classroom and on the field, the way he does, I just don't know. And sometimes you have to admit that you don't always know what you're watching, especially in the trenches. And I'm, I, I defer to someone like Pollock to answer that question. Is Akeem Adenogy really going to be better and more trustworthy? Because that's what you're talking about when you're talking about protecting Joe Burrow. Does Joe Burrow trust Hakeem Adenogy or a rookie in Cordell Volson when he's out and the bullets are flying for real? Yeah. And, and that's, that's a big question. And does he trust Volson to learn left and right guard, right? He played right. on the right side at North Dakota State. Jackson Carmen clearly struggled with the right side and could not do that last year. So he said he feels more comfortable on the left side. And so that, that's the thing that at some point, the Bengals are going to have to develop one of these young guys and, and they're going to have to come through. They did not want to pay Alex Cap of the money they did. Four years, $35 million. They would never want to do that for a guard but they can't draft and develop them. So guess what? They had to go pay one and they're hoping to find another one here. And, and I'm not knocking them. There are plenty of teams in the NFL that don't want to pay big money for a guard necessarily. Right. Um, and, and so the fact that they did that, I think it's, it's kind of proves, ah, man, we haven't gotten it right. At some point they need to get it right. Is it Jackson Carmen? Is it Deontay Smith? Is it Cordell Volson? And I don't know what order they would be in necessarily, but they got to hit on, one of those guys, maybe two of those guys, and I'll throw Trey Hill into the mix in identity. Uh, you know, guys you've drafted over the past three years that were either mid-round, late-round guys, they're all interior linemen outside of Smith. You should be able to find and develop interior linemen in the middle rounds, late rounds of the NFL draft and, and turn them into at least serviceable backups. Let me uh, make three observations about Joe Burrow from the practices yeah. that we have seen. Mm-hmm. Not Joe Burrow Burrow without braces on either knee running around, very mobile, looks very comfortable moving around left to right and right to left. Two, I think his passes have been strong. I think he has been, um, for the most part, very, very accurate, more so than he was at this stage last year coming off the knee surgery. And three, Probably the most impressive part of the practices I've seen so far were the last 90 seconds of practice that we got to see on Tuesday where he ran a no huddle and he looked like he was in midseason form. Asked uh, Zach Taylor about this. (laughs) Asked (laughs) the hand signals that we're not allowed to tweet out, James and Trags. This is Peyton Peyton Manning right here. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) What's this? Do you know? I, I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, we saw those. We we did see a few uh, signals. Anyway, um, you got me off track. The way he uh, ran the no huddle offense, James, at the end of practice Tuesday was very encouraging because you're talking about yes, he had uh, Tyler Boyd and he had Jamar, but he had several new faces on the offense. He had Mike Thomas on the outside. 
He had Hayden Hurst running at tight end. And it looked like to me, he was very, very comfortable. And those are indications to me that Joe Burrow is really going to hit the ground running once um, the OTAs start this week. And when he's going up against uh, defenses in, you know, 11 on 11s or seven on sevens. Uh, and more importantly, when training camp begins in July. Yeah, I, um, I, I agree with you. I think Joe Burrow is, is going to have the best season of his career. I mean, he looks great. He looks like he's in, in insane shape like on another level. And I pay attention to that stuff um, more so than other people. Like it's, it's one of my biggest pet peeves when professional athletes aren't maximizing what they can do because they're all freaks. Right. But maximizing what they can do in this, it seems like he's doing everything. Resources and available to him, not only um, workout resources, financial resources. I mean, a lot of people cannot afford to train the way they can afford to train. And that's a big, big it, deal. It is. And, and he's doing it. And I, and just seeing him up close, I think he's leaner, Agreed. but it has more muscle, right? Like it, yes. it's both. And it's really hard to do that. And so um, I agree with that. I, I think he's uh, moving well without the brace. And, and to me, that's a comfort thing more than it's a, oh my God, it's going to re-injure him thing. And I know there are fans that are out there that are like, ah, it saved him a couple of times last year. There were a couple of times where that thing pinched the hell out of him and that big brace. And he, I don't think he necessarily liked that. Like it, it just got weird and pressed up against his knee when he was getting tackled and hit. And, and so look, if his knee is completely healed, you know, why would you wear braces on both knees? Right. I mean, it, it, that knee is probably just as strong, if not stronger than the other knee, because he's been working it out as much as he has. So I, uh, I like that he ran sprints afterwards um, after practice when we were talking with Zach Taylor, because he's doing it without a brace too. And he's doing all of these things. So he's testing it to see if he's going to be comfortable uh, without the brace. And I think now is the time to do that, to figure it out. So now, I, I think if the Bengals are going to make another run at the Super Bowl, they need Burrow to be arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. And he was towards the end of last season and uh, would not shock me at all if he has an even bigger year after throwing for 4,600 yards and 34 touchdowns. Observations of Joseph Asai working on the rehab field. Looks good. Looks good. I, I like how he's he's moving. I, I think that that lower body is is strong and exactly where he needs it. The wrist isn't yet. And so that's what I'm watching for. Will that wrist be fully healed for camp? Will he be full go where he can go up against offensive linemen right away and, and deal with that? Um, because if so, I love Joseph Osai. Like yeah. to me, you know, everyone felt, including me, like Jackson Carmen was a reach and he was in the second round of that draft. But Joseph Osai was a steal. Like if you would have flipped those two, Joseph Osai is the 46th overall pick. Jackson Carmen is the 60, what was it? 69th overall pick. Like that would have made more sense to me in my brain than Carmen 46, than Osai uh, at the start of round three. That being said, um, you, you know, I think Osai is, uh, is a freak. I think he's going to help them a lot. He's really good against the run, which is kind of an underrated part that people don't talk about much. And uh, I think he's going to add some juice to that pass rush. So hopefully when the, the time training camp rolls around, we're talking about Joseph Osai, number 58, being fully cleared. You do anticipate Jesse Bates being at training camp, correct? And signing his franchise tender by July 15th. 
Well, if you can make four times what you've made in your entire NFL career in one season, would you? I mean, I, yeah, I, I do. And uh, the precedent is actually there. Uh, Justin Simmons is represented by David Mulligetta of Athletes First. Jesse Bates is represented by David Mulligetta of Athletes First. And I know there's a lot of talk there um, about Bates' agent. And so, some of that has certainly come from me. Justin Simmons still played on the franchise tag for a year for the Broncos. Got tagged again. And then the Broncos finally extended it. So there's precedent there. And I just don't think that Bates is going to say, you know what? I'm skipping camp. I'm pulling a Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to skip the regular season. I don't think he is doing that. I think he's posturing right now. And then I'll say, you know what? $12.91 million is a hell of a lot of money. And it's more than most guys are making this year on the Bengals. Most, right? And so I, if not all, I'm trying to think who makes more, who, who makes more 12.91 million. I think he'd be the highest paid Bengal. None of the new be. offensive linemen, he would be. So I get it's one year. It doesn't give you that security. You're also 25 years old and you're making over half your age in millions this year. And I know some of that goes to the agent and taxes and all of those things, but no, I expect Bates to be there. I do as well. Any big plans coming up for you as uh, we look, uh, past the OTAs and uh, two training camp, there's a nice little six or seven week gap in, in, in the event that I don't talk to you between now and then on these podcasts. No huge plans as of now. I'm, I'm sure that it's going to change. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to take a breath or two because I know what's, what's going to happen. I expect the Bengals to be really damn good tracks. I yep. do. I, I don't really see many flaws. I've covered bad Bengals teams where it's like, well, if this, and if this, and if this, and if this, and if this goes right, then they're going to be pretty good. Those ifs aren't really there. It's like, well, yeah, left guard's a question mark. And who knows about the interior of the defensive line? And maybe they should add a fourth, you know, a wide receiver four. But like, those are what we call rich people problems. Right. Uh, because we're going to be talking about the punt competition during camp, right? And the long snapper competition. That's good problems to have, Trag. So no, I... Uh, I'll take a breather. No, no real vacation. You want to go on vacation with me? We can go on vacation. Uh, I'll, I'll be like you on my John Deere tractor, taking there care of my go. yard. <laughs> you want, you want to share That's with right. the audience? Uh, come on, share a little bit with the audience. You got a new tractor and you're ready yep. to be far, farmer John in the uh, yard and take care of your own um, parcel of land. Yeah, it was delivered, delivered to the old homestead today, a John Deere 145. Uh, LA 145. Um, I have an S240. There you go. I, uh, you're going to have to keep me up to date on how you, you maintain that thing. That's the, the part that I'm doing. So it's, it's, uh, it's a used mower, but it is in great shape. Uh, had it serviced, it had been sitting for a bit, had it serviced. It is uh, was driving it around in the backyard today. The grass doesn't need cut because I was uh, using a 21 inch push mower um, all, all summer and last summer. So now that I have this one, big 48 incher it's going to be uh much much quicker much more efficient right which is here let's let's tie back the football right i yep. expect the bengals offense to be much more efficient like me cutting grass in 2022 okay there we go we'll we'll, we'll end it there James. no you don't see that no, you don't i, I, I of you, course i see the metaphor that you're making there the analogy well done so, Congratulations on making a tremendous analogy. What I really want it to do is make you more efficient so you can hit the links more. Because you do golf, right? You golf. I actually have clubs in the room behind me. Okay. So if you if you want to go golfing, my friend, we can. I suck. 
I'm the most competitive I don't think person I, ever. you suck as much as I do. So Blue Ash um, might be calling or Sharon Woods, either one. Those are my two go-tos. Either one. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to either one with you. You're going to crush me um, because I'm competitive, but not at golf because I know I suck. So I don't expect to be good, then we which is fine. Of course, we'll do Let's it. Let's do it. July. All right. He's James Rapine. You can follow him on Twitter at James Rapine, all one word. He does a tremendous job with his uh, only daily uh, podcast dedicated to your Cincinnati Bengals, Locked On Bengals. And of course, follow his uh, editorial content and news, all breaking Bengals news at allbengals.com. He's James Rapine. I'm Mike Petralia Trags. Thanks for watching.